Teresa, hey! Oh, hey, girl. How's it going? Uh, it's pretty good, except... What's wrong? It's that time again, you know? The time where I just feel like I'm becoming such a monster. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. I was talking to Josh, Josh oh Mankey, gosh. the other day, and so I cute. just... I know, and those frosted tips. But I just... I, I couldn't get past... Like, something was just getting so... So revved up inside me, and I thought I was just going to just transform into a monster at any minute, you know? If only they had something to to tamp down these mechanical urges that we have. Well, ladies, you don't have to wait any longer for the brand new miracle drug, Rexadrill. What? That's right. Rexadrill helps maintain latent monsterism and Evo flare-ups. Live your life nanite-free. Side effects include dyslexia, robo-bobones, van lice, abyssists, and white night terrors. Try Rexadrill today and make way to start a revolution. Uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> anyway, um, welcome everybody. My name is Ben, and I'm Zane, and this is the Carton Cast. Anything? Anything else about the Carton Cast? I, I thought you were going to interrupt me, so I preempted it this time. <laughs> nice. A Carton Cast. This is the podcast where we listen to, uh, I guess, pretty recent shows. I guess. Just yeah, kind of abandoning our mission statement a little bit. This is the most oh. recent one. It it it's not it's not currently going. It, it's fine. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> um, I think we're gonna have to talk about our mission statement. But it's the kind yes. of thing we might have watched briefly had it been come out earlier. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so uh, it was a cartoon, is what I'm hearing. Yes. So we anyway, are the Cartoncast uh, Rex, the king of podcasts. This is the Cartoncast, and we're gonna have fun tonight. Ugh. <laughs> that theme song is just just Killed awful. <laughs> Yeah, it it sounds just like American Idiot. It is it, pretty much American Idiot, and it fits with Rex, but <laughs> but that doesn't make it good. That don't make it good. <laughs> Have you heard the um, um, Richard Cheese cover of American Idiot? Who who is Richard Cheese? Uh, he's a parody artist. He does covers of things but changes them. So like um, American Idiot, he does as a slow lounge song. Oh, sort of like the Baby Got Back by. Um, what was it Jonathan Colton? Yeah, same idea. Yeah, or uh, "Bitches Ain't Shit" by uh, Ben Folds. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I highly recommend listening to some of his uh, some of his work. Cool. I'll do that instead of watching more uh, Generator Rex. <laughs> That's a good idea, Ben. Yeah, it, it it turns out we might not be having fun tonight because. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let, let let's talk about Generator Rex. Zane, yeah. you so, picked this show. Sure did. Uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, but Generator yeah. Rex ran on Cartoon Network from uh, 2010 to 2013, so very recent. Yes, and you mentioned uh, judging a book by its cover. This was a comic book, right? Um, uh, it was M-Rex. Machina Rex, right? Uh, and it, what was it like two issues long? This wasn't clear. It ran for two issues. Uh, <laughs> I, two I don't issues. think it was very long, and I guess I don't know. Well, how just, did it? Th- I don't they, know they, how it got picked up. <laughs> it's so sad. They put a sign up in the window. Thank you for a glorious two issues. Oh my god, that's awful. <laughs> I hate it whenever like a business goes out of business in like a town. It's like you can tell they wanted it to work so much. Yeah, 
the passion was there, but just people weren't ready for it. People weren't ready for Machina Rex. Yeah. The show that is actually all shows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it, got, so, it got Nanite comboed up. Yeah, Machina Rex was uh, from 1999 from Image Comics, uh, the same people who made Spawn and The Walking Dead. Yeah, it's a subsidiary of, of uh, Avalon. Mm-hmm. And the show was made by Man of Action Studios, who also did uh, Ben 10. Mm-hmm. And which it's pretty much the same seen. thing as Ben 10. Okay. And they had a crossover, I believe. I didn't, and I, didn't I watched watch the it. whole thing. <laughs> I, I have not seen Ben 10, so I didn't bother. Um, it's the same thing. Fair enough. It, it, insert aliens for Nanite mon- monsters, and you're there. So it, Men in It's Black. one guy who can control the alien things, and he fights a bunch of aliens. It's one guy who can control the Nanite things, and he fights a bunch of Nanite monsters. Mm. It's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> so would you like to give us a little more detail on the premise of the Nanite-based one? Well, I give it a shot. Um, <laughs> so five years ago, there was the event, which caused this Oh, no. Nanite- <laughs> Not the event. It's, it's happening again. <laughs> <laughs> it's always happening. It's always happening. The klaxon sounds. <laughs> I assume you're. Uh, I assume you're referring to that Mitchell and Webb look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Uh, time for us to start doing show notes so that people know to check out Mitch and w- Mitchell and Webb look. Yeah. And while I'm at it, I think I'll just throw a bunch of the snooker parlor ones in there. You go right ahead because <laughs> they're the best part. Um, but in any case, um, yes, there was an, a nanite event which uh, caused nanites to basically infect the entire world. Most yeah. cases, these nanites are benign, but sometimes they cause random people to turn into giant monster men, and, you know, they're not too happy about it. Like, giant monsters tend to be pretty volatile and rampagey. Right. And, um, they, they're called Evos, and they generally pursue purely destructive or chaotic ends, although some seem fairly in control. It's a little inconsistent. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's basically X-Men, I guess. Like, with mutations, except yeah, that some gotta, of them are just straight-up rampaging monsters. I got a real Brotherhood of Evil Mutants uh, vibe from the Pact. From the a pack, little... Uh, but... The Pact. Yeah, yeah the it was <laughs> a little bit more satanic than uh, <laughs> creators intended. I mean, just look at them. So, the main force keeping these Evos at bay is this organization called Providence, whom has one special Evo known as Rex... Uh, the Generator. Rex the Generator, that's right. Thank you. Re Regenerator. And really? No. Um, God damn it. Yeah, no. Rex but yeah, Salazar he's got this special. He's got this special. Uh, he's a special Evo. He's got like this control nanite, which allows him to use the nanites to further his own ends. Like he can use it to morph his body into different sort of mix, uh, mechanical shapes, mm-hmm. and uh, more importantly. Um, and more significantly to the plot, he can cure other Evos who have started rampaging out all monster right, style. Right, And also, for some reason, he has amnesia. Yes, and also for probably the same reason, he has a uh, monkey with an eye patch. Yep. <laughs> I assume that's what gave him amnesia. <laughs> like his mind just fractured under the stress of the hackneyed sidekick. <laughs> it was so incongruous. <laughs> Give him a fez, too. No! <laughs> Does he have a snarky attitude? You betcha. You better believe it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's Generator Rex. Yeah, which, and, and I mean you know the name what? rolls off the tongue. It, it really doesn't, and you know it's actually not the whole plot because there's a lot of weird like little subplots. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's this 
kind of weird political subplot between this fragment organization of uh, Providence, which is, what was it called again? I don't remember. The agency, the parliament, the convergence, something. It was something like that, yeah. Something generic and stupid. Something governmental. Um, Sounds like a big deal. Sounds yeah, like each, they got a lot of money. <laughs> each um each season kind of has its own little plot arc, but it's, yeah, that's refreshing. It, you you only read if you want to pay attention to the overplot, you can just like which you don't check in the first and last episode of a season, and then maybe a couple in between that you can just look up. It's like oh, he comes to term with his past. Well, okay, I'll I'll look at that one. But the rest of them are just kind of monster crush the monster. Yeah, and, and neither of those things are what I really enjoyed about this. Uh-huh. Uh, show, right. which we will get to in a minute. But uh, yeah, Zane, why did you pick this one? The name. Sweet. Yep. Generators. T-Rexes. Pretty good. Nothing about dinosaurs, <laughs> which must have bummed you out somewhat. Damn shame. I was expecting like uh, like a Tyrannosaurus that could... What the generator do? Like uh, Fires lightning. Like yeah. a Chrono Trigger enemy. Yeah. So, Lightning Raptor. You basically thought we were going to be playing Chrono Trigger. I was really looking forward to that. Or like Tyrannosaurus. It could have been cool. Something good. <laughs> Um, yeah. but no. um, we will be watching dinosaurs next time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, what, what did you, I don't know. We don't want to go right into the characters, do we? No, I mean, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the setting. The setting is, is it's sometimes it's post-apocalyptic kind of government over control. And then sometimes it's just like, eh, normal. Yeah. It's, it. It kind of hits a lot of different genres. Mm-hmm. Like it's got a real shotgun approach. Like uh, it, I'm down with apocalyptic event. Yes, good stuff. Um, I'm down with you know the survivalist thing that you have to do to get out of apocalyptic event. Didn't really do that. It did you know government can not really a conspiracy but governmental forces keeping the uh, apocalypse at bay so to speak. Yeah. Um, and you know there's again there's this political subplot against them and their sister organization which is pretty cool um and you know i like a superhero story i like a guy who's getting more familiar with his powers i like x-men which is this parallels (laughs) quite a bit but they don't all they kind of don't all belong in the same show right this was a this was a big problem i found with the pacing which is they they introduce a ton of elements at the beginning and then take a while to pick them back up and it's just it's just weird like in the in the beginning of the third season, there's a whole episode where it's like, oh, it's a whole paradigm shift. Everything's different. And then the next episode, it's like, uh, <laughs> just kind of have a one-off. It's basically the first season again, and that's fine because we want to do shows that don't have a specific story arc. This show, regardless of the season that you find yourself in, it's kind of always Rex has to get his you know cyborg on and mm-hmm. you know pound pound some face with his uh with his with his hot rods. Right. <laughs> Hot rods. I, I couldn't think of a more innocent way to say that. Do you believe me? <laughs> uh, I believe that the mind the mind hears what it wants to it's hear. It's kind of how he would say it. He sort of talks like that sometimes. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, let's talk about Rex. Okay. He, he I'm is pretty tired main, of him. He is the main focus, but I agree. He's, he's pretty annoying. Um, I think I've already seen him like 80 times. Zane, can yeah, you so tell me... The main characters in this show are just the main characters from Kim Possible, but way worse. So, Zane, can you... uh, can, like I'm going to describe some character traits, and you're going to uh-huh. tell me which character this is. Okay? Uh-huh. Okay. This is a young man whom has a tragic backstory, 
Um, he's not very assured of his emotional place in, in, in the world. And he has an undue amount of stress put upon him by being the only responsible one in his world. Static shock. Um, <laughs> he wisecracks a lot to hide the fact that he's not whole inside. Thoughts? Uh, Terry from Batman Beyond. Johnny Storm? Spider-Man? Like, this could be anyone. <laughs> yeah. This yeah, is, is your classic uh, great power, great responsibility uh well, well, it's not token. that Spider-Man. I meant the, you know, amazing Spider-Man. You know, the one amazing. who makes a lot of dick jokes. Oh, right. That guy. Really good. Yeah, that guy. Um, I actually prefer Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. I oh, yeah. Like a lot of people don't. No, I definitely do. I think I like it better. He got a little doughy toward the end. I don't know. It, <laughs> yeah, but I like doughy. Yeah, doughy's not bad. It just felt out of place in my Spider-Man movie. I, I disagree, because then it makes me think it's a Mario film. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah, there's there's, there's every parallel between those two <laughs> genre, those two stories. Uh, he's got to rescue the princess. <laughs> I feel like you just fell asleep. Somebody moved you to a different theater. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's like a, a a princess is being captured by a um by a by a green uh, madman who yeah. controls vast amounts of power and fortune. Yeah, but okay. he'll never be happy. No. And he's got a son that does the same thing. Yeah, he's got a hey. son that does the same goddamn thing. It's pretty They're good. both afraid of lava, as I recall. Red as a color motif. Mm-hmm. They fight octopuses. Yeah. It's not bad. Are we talking about Zelda now? I lost the thread. Um. Anyway, going yeah, back to so Rex. Rex is uh, Rex. played by Daryl Sabana, or Sabara. Who yeah, was... so Daryl Sabaro. The, the the kid who you hate from Spy Kids. And from that pizza place. Yeah. Right. I, I, yeah. I don't blame him personally, but I didn't... I wasn't very happy to see him. He's this... He's, he's this brash, in-your-face teen rebel. It's just... Just so grating by this point. Yeah. I, I don't find him very interesting. Uh, yeah. Ben 10 is actually even less interesting than him, if you can believe that. Really? Which, we, which I will get into. Yeah, like, it's this just, you know, jerk with a heart of gold thing. Like, mm-hmm. it just, I, I just, there's nothing to it. He does yeah. have a couple of nice uh, departures from that archetype, though, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that he has amnesia is a pretty cool touch to his character. Yeah. Because at hurt. least it explains his detachment from morality and long-term concerns. Mm-hmm. It explains his, like, brash in-your-face, like, live-each-day-as-it-comes sort of, uh, sort of, uh, ethos. Yeah, he kind of he kind of doesn't care about the future because he doesn't remember ever having to plan for it before. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't know how, exactly how chronological that is and how psychological it is, but <laughs> yeah, there's definitely something there. Um, I, I I I enjoy watching him for his powers. He's he's pretty good in the action. I kind of don't. Really? I don't really like his powers. You're like, not big into big robot legs. Eh, like in and of itself, it's fine, but he's more like a grunt. He's not really the protagonist to me. That's not protagonist powers. Yeah, he's kind of he's he's kind of a side character. We just focus on him way too much. Yeah, it's all about it's all about uh uh Van Weiss. No, no way. It's all about um Fred Savage <laughs> or Agent K. <laughs> Take your pick. Yeah. The the other characters are I mean, probably more central to the plot. He's really Rex is more of a tool. Like, he's kind of... He's not very inventive or clever with his powers. And no. he just 
he gets by in this series by being so far beyond anything else's weight class. He's just too powerful for anything else. So he's just the de facto protagonist. But he's not. he isn't winning by being clever. He's not an underdog. Right, right. The only time they make him seem like an underdog is if, like, his power disappears because, like, his biometrics are low. Yeah, it's going into his boners. Yeah. But, like, I mean, that's a really convenient excuse to set up like you just need to believe in yourself scenarios but it doesn't yeah make good. He, yeah it's his i mean it's basically uh, a gunman right yeah i guess being fueled by fighting spirit if you believe you can then you can yeah I, I like the idea that it's actually parasitism of the nanites and that it's like killing him to use these powers Ooh, that's a lot better it is better um like, and it would be a nice it would be a nice thing to his character, make him sort of a Jesus figure, you know, saving oh, yeah. everybody else from at, at personal cost to himself. And it would give him a handicap because he would try to solve things without going into it. That's true. That and be, why did we do he, that? What if he became addicted to curing people? <laughs> I, like physiologically? Or yeah, what? so that he'd like keep having to go back into the action, even though he knows like if he uses his powers, he'll it'll kill him. <laughs> be way better that's not bad tortured soul be still my heart i i don't mind his yeah like his his amnesia does give him a little bit of texture like mm-hmm. uh, obviously whenever whenever he you know has the opportunity to find out something about his past he's pretty on board he he stops being this non-caring he stops being this angsty facade that he puts on mm-hmm. um it, it really it reminds us that he is just a kid without a place in the world a really interesting detail, I don't know if you noticed this, is that he watches Spanish soap operas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's because he's he's latching onto the only prevalent fact of his character, which is he knows he's a Latino. You can't hide that. You can't right. forget about that. And right. Like, um, he, he doesn't know anything about it other than that is his heritage, so he just watches a lot of it. Yeah, there's a couple times sort of when, vicariously like, having a history. There's a couple times when he's really, like, out of place or, like, hits his head or, or he's, like, recovering and he, like, slips into Spanish. And they don't provide subtitles, which I think is great. Yeah, I don't want to know what he's saying. I it's want it to important. just be swear words. <laughs> swear words and, like, uh, you know, soap opera plots. <laughs> Maria, I never loved you. <laughs> you don't mean that me, though. <laughs> is that what you think people say when they have that, a concussion? <laughs> That's how that's how my uh my 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 Texan coworker uh made fun of my Hispanic coworker who was a pretty good sport about it. <laughs> he just like recite uh soap opera like Latino soap operas to him as though he yeah. was one of the women on them. <laughs> yeah, Texas sure. is weird place. <laughs> Not sure how to feel about that. Um, uh, yeah, but beyond that, he's very flat and. More than that, he just doesn't even seem like a very good person. Yeah. He's pretty spiteful. Kind of selfish. Like, he only really... He only really shows up whenever he can punch something or when he can find out about his past. And he kind of, like... He has the whole, we need to save the civilians, but I don't really believe him when he says it. Yeah, I... Yeah. He he grows a bit over time, but... As all kids do. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, yeah, he grows very quickly over some periods of time. <laughs> right, when he turns into uh, mech parts. Yeah, I mean, he turns into a robot wizard. Oh, and then in the uh, and then in the second season, when like he fights Van Kleiss and loses his powers, and then gets him back with like some extra, and he's got yeah, like that cool not? whip thing. 
Yeah, like I don't understand his uh, his powers exactly. Like he's only able to take on certain mechanical forms. <clears throat> yeah, I, I got the sense that like Agent Six was trying to teach him to like access a better array of shape shifting powers, but we he never didn't get a training montage. Yeah, which is a, which is a shame. Hmm. Apparently, um, what's his face Rex is actually very mathematically gifted and uh comes up with the ideas for his own he comes up with which forms will work hmm. um but apparently that idea doesn't hold much water since he just gets a new form from a fucking nanite in something else <laughs> like, yeah, nope yeah. the powers are genetic any 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 uh subtlety to this character has gone out the window yeah. so should we talk about his uh co-workers at providence i think we should i really uh... I, I, I like a couple of them <clears throat> Yeah, so his, cool. uh, his his mentor is Agent Six. <laughs> you, now, you say Agent Six, but I think what I mean, you really meant was K- Agent K. Agent K, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this that's is basically the first thing I thought. This is just Agent K with a soul patch, and he's in a Riddler outfit. And it's <laughs> the same thing. He's a, he's a ninja in a suit, pretty and much. he has swords instead of a neuralizer. Bent swords that can turn into an electromagnet. Yeah, this is pretty metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd. Well, he wouldn't fit the uh, American Idiot theme song if he didn't have ninja swords, correct? Uh, yeah, that sounds right. He was the original American. And the original idiot. The prototypical example. Rex was the original idiot. Yeah, he was the Alpha and the Omega idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, he even reports to Zed, sort of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit. White Knight. Mm-hmm. I, I like Agent 6 a lot. What'd you think of him? Um, I thought he was fine. Pretty functionary. Pretty, uh, you know, normal, stoic thing. Like, I've seen these guys before kind of thing. I actually I like I White like Knight him. a lot better. I-, I think I like him, and I like White Knight as well, because they're the characters that aren't yelling their feelings. Right. Did you did you watch their backstory? Uh, no, but I-, I think I read something about it where, like, Six used to be, like, an assassin. Well, they were like, partners. On Interpol or something. They were partners, um, and they disagreed about what to do with Rex once they caught him. Uh, White Knight oh, thought that they should, Z- like... Zed wanted to torture him? Well, he wanted to molecularize him to, like, get data, and... Molecularize? Like... <laughs> yeah, I, I forget what terms they use. That was one of them. It was pretty intense. Uh, but, yeah, they just throw Technobabble in as though it sounds smart, but it never does. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, the closest but... they get is Nanite. <laughs> but then they say it 80 times in an episode. And they don't really use it right. No. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what a Nanite would do. Nope. <laughs> Nanites don't let you break the square cubed law. Idiots. <laughs> Don't tell Nanites what to do. Um, but yeah, so Agent Six is like trying to stop him, and they fight for a bit. And White Knight gets caught in the molecularizer, and Rex stops it halfway. And so White Knight's nanites are removed, so he's the only pure human, which is why he can never leave his chamber, or else he'd be infected again. Why is that important? I don't. Know. I was trying. I was trying to think of a reason why that would be important, but it never Maybe. really comes up. Maybe they figure like, oh, if you get it again, you'll definitely go Evo or something like that. I don't know. He looks yeah. pretty good in his suit, though. His uh, robo-suit that he walks around in sometime. Well, you know what they say. Once you go Evo, you'll never leave-o. That's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there, there's this... Okay, I don't know if you thought of this, but there's sort of a weird racist undertone to the Evo outbreak sort of thing. Like, there's regular people, and then there's the infected. Like, I mean, they're all infected, but some are more infected than others. I don't know if you saw that. Not really. I mean, that's why I keep on trying to draw the, um, the, the mutant parallel 
from uh, you know X Men. Oh um, yeah. Which I'll get I'll get into that more when we talk about Van Kleis. Yeah. Whose name is Van Kleis? Sure. Can't trust that. <laughs> yeah, I have to not trust it or trust it more than anyone else should. <laughs> but yeah, um, I I like Six in general. I mean, he's not K. You know, it's not a serious setting, so he doesn't really punch as hard. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, his relationship to Rex is not that bad. No. He's sort of a de facto father figure. But he and Rex are both clearly inept at handling that relationship, which I think is kind of cute. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they 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 sort of skirt around the issue, like uh, they sort of skirt around having a uh, a Long John Silver Jim Hawkins moment where they just acknowledge their affection for one another. Yeah, there's there's no heart to hearts. They just kind of look at each other, maybe a no. smile, maybe a wink. <laughs> Although you can't really tell with Agent Six if he's winking or just staring. <laughs> Very sad. <laughs> um, there's also that uh, Doctor Holiday. Mm-hmm. Whom. Yep. Uh, apparently is both a doctor and a foot soldier something, something like that uh she's played by gray delisle who was vicky from fairly odd parents and mm-hmm. mandy from grim adventures yeah and, and daphne and, yeah from scooby-doo yeah that's now, pretty pretty famous i didn't mind her character no I, I didn't either i didn't like that rex started off the series by hitting on her oh i did like that She's twice his age. At least. No, that that actually is one of the few things that really fits with Rex's character that I'm pretty into. Really? Yeah, because he doesn't understand that it's not a social nicety <laughs> to, to hit on your doctor. Well, the, the thing to about hit on Rex, the only woman you meet. Exactly. Well, the thing about Rex is that he doesn't interact with most of his age group, mm-hmm. right? So he wouldn't know what's cool and what's not, which is why you get his ridiculous slang all over the place. Yeah. He doesn't know that it isn't cool. He's sort of like Dr. Draken in that he's, way. He's really desperate for approval. Exactly, which is why I like that he's hitting on the only female that he knows. <laughs> like, that fits pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Um, but unfortunately, classic love triangle... Rex likes her. She likes Six. Does anything and, ever come of any of that? And Six likes himself. Uh, stoicism. <laughs> yeah. Does anything <laughs> his, come out of that morals. Um, There's a couple, you know, subtle... Uh, Six and Holiday, I think, you know, hook up in some regard, um, at least to a minor degree. I think there's, like, a couple of hints about them going and getting dinner. Sometimes he holds her hand and it's cute. Um, hmm. One time there's this shapeshifter demon who impersonates six and kisses her and she's like yeah here are all the security codes loved one <laughs> she's as desperate ever affection <laughs> there's there's not a lot of time in the day of a providence worker for going on like e-date or eval <laughs> yeah yeah correct eval where eval. evos meet their better half <laughs> and eat them <laughs> and absorb them into their being fuse the nanites Shouldn't the Evos be able to, like, combine? They should. What's stopping them from doing that? I don't know. I mean, each one, each Evo kind of evolves in its own way. Another tie-in from uh, X-Men, you know? Mm -hmm. They all have that same gene. They all have the same X gene, but it manifests in different ways based on your particular physiology. The Evo thing kind of happens similarly. Yeah, I mean, there's a real variety in the shapes and powers of the Evos, but the solution is usually, you know, hey, it's a big rampaging thing. Let's hit it a bunch. (laughs) Yep, which is kind of, again, a little bit racist, I think. Like, 
not not that not in and of itself because big rampaging thing you're gonna want to stop but there's definitely an otherization mm-hmm. from paradigm to these evil monsters you know yeah you this uh, place. this this even plays into the uh, animation not jumping in but just touching on it briefly like um providence has a very sleek clean and and like sterilized aesthetic that it works to maintain and the evos are pretty like gross and uneven yeah it, it's trying to uh, providence is definitely trying to keep humanity kind of contained away from this rapid evolution yeah um, artificial though it may be and it really speaks to the fear of change that humanity tends to have which again van kleist is pretty much just magneto he's like no accept this change it's part of what we are now yeah so let's talk about van kleist perhaps absolutely um okay in season one, he can control the Earth. Like, that's his evil power. Yeah, you can control the Earth. Pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> How um, does he not win every fight? I don't know. He, he gets into his evil villain monologues. and uh, When will they learn? <laughs> but uh, but Rex drains his powers, but he gets them back. Um, and then after that, he can do, like, machine bending. And also, he can create Evos, which is neat. Yeah, I did see that part. Um... I don't, this is again one of the things that I don't really care for doing things with a plot is because these characters tend to change over time. But Van Clay's arc is actually pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, he starts as Magneto, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's got his, you know, foot soldiers. Yeah, his underlings, and they love him. They, they like this guy. He's a good guy. He's a good boss. I really like their designs. Yeah, and we'll get into that when we get to it, but, like, they're all pretty... They, he's giving them an outlet for, again, Paradigm rejects them because they look gross. Yeah. But he's like, no, uh, you guys are just the next step in evolution. Follow me, and we'll get them to see that we deserve rights, too. Mm, you know, he's a little bit more destructive about it than he probably wants to be. <laughs> And, you know, the the villain monologue should kind of be a tip-off to anybody. If you're having a monologue and you're, like, clenching your fist <laughs> to somebody who's tied up, you're probably a villain. There's, not, there's like, a, a checklist that comes in the mail every once in a while. Like, How do you not a... know? Now, you might be a villain. <laughs> if your Run. monologue takes long enough for someone to untie themselves, you <laughs> might be a villain. If your gun rack has a laser rifle on it, <laughs> if you take if you take your weaponized mech dog for a walk next to your sharks with laser beams on their heads, and you both use the tree, <laughs> <laughs> you might be a villain. If you possess no less than four doomsday devices in any room of your lair, <laughs> and you call it a lair, <laughs> you call it a lair. I really like this you might be a villain thing. <laughs> I wish we had done this at some point before. Yeah. Um Yeah, but I again, I like Magneto, so I like Van Kleiss. Also, his name is Van Kleiss. What is that exactly? Uh German? <laughs> Egyptian? <laughs> Something. I don't wanna oh. hear it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure what that name is, but it's sweet. It's better than yeah. Rex. <laughs> I don't care for him. But yeah, I, I like how I like how his underlings love him. They're not just going to him for desperation. He actually accepts them. Which he cares cool. about them. Yeah, I mean, he, he. I think he's probably a little bit strong-armed to some of them some of the time, but it doesn't. 
it doesn't overwrite the fact that he's giving them a place that they don't have. Yeah. I mean, for um, psychologically speaking, for individuals who have been outcast by society and don't have a very firm structure in their life, you want to edge more on the side of authoritarian figure than authoritative figure. Uh, can you can you unwrap that a bit? Uh, this is just a concept in adolescent psychology, um, and it applies specifically mostly to um, you know uh, uh, adolescents who uh, for low income families or from immigrant families who mm. don't have the structure in their lives that a more uh, well financed upbringing would create, and so having an authoritative parent figure like show clearly defined rules uh, adds structure to their lives and helps their overall well being. Oh, so you're saying um, people who don't believe in the structure that society gives them tend to believe in one person whom they can relate to. Right. Someone who can tell them to check themselves before they generate or wrecks themselves. Um, <laughs> generator. <laughs> anyway. Pretty great. I really, I really hope that all of your psychological analyses are just lead-ins to really good puns. Because, like... <laughs> People say that those puns are bad. That was a great one. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Rex as a verb? Come on. Van Kleist undergoes a, 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 just a just to do something else. Um, Van Kleist undergoes a really interesting character arc after that point because I don't remember exactly how this happened, but I read up on it. He like goes back in time somehow. Yeah. So one of his minions, <laughs> Breach, he he like augments her with some new technology and like tells her to send Rex into like another dimension. And she like she has a total crush on Rex, and so she sends him into ancient Egypt because she can do that now. <laughs> Eat it, villain. That's what you get. Uh, I didn't read up on how that ends. How does that play out? <laughs> so he. For some reason, I do not know how exactly this transpires, but he, like, seals himself in a sarcophagus and just ages back to the future, but he's perfectly preserved somehow. Like, he's just drawing on the Earth's energies to keep himself young, but he basically just becomes insane and grows a beard. (laughs) And during his time, like, he's awake and aware for all of it as he's aging forward, but he's only aging forward mentally and not physically. So he has, like, proven quantum mechanics and like more physics from first principles by the time he emerges and he gets used as like this insane uh source of information from uh rex's brother i want you to think of a single instance where a character goes insane and then and has a beard before they go insane and then shaves the beard after they go insane Hmm. i don't think that ever happens i think beards and insanity kind of go together yeah, it it certainly is certainly is the case. Um, like I, I can't think of an example either. But you can automatically think of many in the other direction. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, beards can be disheveled. It's kind of hard to be disheveled and clean shaven at the same time. Like you can do it, but you have to use other props. Right. You can't hide a bird in your in your non beard. You right. can't <laughs> store food under your lip if there's nothing there. Which you'll need. In the upcoming apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once uh, once Ron Howard takes over and uh, the aliens finally, you know, take what's theirs, you're, you're going to need all the all the sustenance you can get, whether or not it comes from the Earth or your own beard. And and what's his plan after this? Be an asshole, <laughs> yeah, as that's I recall. Kind of, I never really got a sense of what he wanted other than, like, 
mutant, like, nanite rights activist kind so, of thing. So, like, I don't even think he's went that far. I'm pretty sure he just kind of hated Providence. I just kind of injected the idea that he was Magneto to make him more interesting. I don't no, think he, was d- he definitely says it set. several times. Uh, it did just he? doesn't seem like he's going about it the right way if that's actually what he wants to do. Well, again, he's going about it from the, you know, he's going about it with a doomsday device or with something sure. else. Sure. He's a little insane. A little bit a little bit insane in his own membrane, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, we can forgive that. Are there any characters you want to talk about? Um, the only uh, yeah, there's a couple I know of you do. Characters. I know you do, but I don't want to talk about him. You don't want to talk about Bobo? Not really. I don't like Bobo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Bobo is this. He's played by John DiMaggio, and it's this. It's his, okay. man. It's okay. So Rex, you know his his thing is that he is silly in the seri- in the face of seriousness, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. That's really like the only redeeming thing about him. Yeah, he's 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 trying to you know uh, he's trying to lessen the impact of all the crazy things going on around him with serious consequences, and you know it's a little bit rebellious and juvenile of him to do, but it it kind of gives us a nice counterpoint to the like, um, the seriousness and lethality of this apocalypse scenario. No, he's ha- he's finding the fun in it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that contrast is really nice. But the contrast is not as apparent when you have someone who's even goofier than him yeah. and is a monkey with a fez and a diaper and an eye patch. <laughs> yeah, so it's a problem. I felt that he needed mentioning because he's, like, in a lot of John episodes. He's yeah, everywhere. he's always there, but he doesn't... I don't. He didn't need to be there. He serves no role, whether functional or, you know, to the themes. He's just He's just, like... They were like, let's add another character. We need we need a second silly person to balance out, you know, Agent Six. This series is a little bit too, uh, a little bit. It's got a little bit too mature of an audience to necessitate that sort of goofy sidekick idiot character. Right, because because the uh, the show itself gets pretty dark and gritty sometimes. Oh yeah, like they kill people sometimes. Oh yeah, like it's not important people, but. Uh, like a couple of times it's plot characters just die on screen with rex watching yeah. like that's the thing that he's gonna have to deal with and then you know he turns back and he's like i couldn't save him and uh you know bo will be like well i hope you save me some bananas for later yeah <laughs> well okay great <laughs> thanks for that Bobo. <laughs> yeah yep anyway um we can move into the tone and genre if you'd like sure uh, so, like I said, there is some nice low-skill killing in this show. Um, they do get slaughtered. They do get slaughtered. Uh, animals, nameless soldiers, usually get slaughtered pretty widely. Yeah. And attention isn't paid too much to it, but when it shows up, it is a nice blow to Rex's devil-may-care attitude. Yeah, the the show is mostly action, but that allows it to get a bit of the teen angst kind of uh, vibe to it. Yeah, which, you know, I I'm kind of tired of seeing teen angst, but... You know, if they're going to put it there, at least make it make sense. And they did. Yeah. They play it up. Yeah. Um, not, not and and it does it does raise the stakes to know that people are, are dying. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And, you know, uh, like I said, contrast between Rex's, uh, Rex's attitude and the world around him. Mm-hmm. 
which he, you know, as time goes on, is more and more unable to maintain that distinction between yeah. his attitude and because he starts to have things that he cares for, which right, is like uh, his brother comes back and then the, you know, his, the people he's been working with get taken over by some other agency. So, you know, the t- the tone evolves a bit. I don't know. It never for me. It doesn't ever progress past that threshold of being serious enough to be engaging or dramatic or like engage like interesting enough to watch as a as a comedy or an action show i also don't care about enough about these characters to want them to not get killed right like i I didn't i kind of wanted rex to get killed so that agent six could have his own show Ooh, that wouldn't be too bad um but talking about the fact that uh rex has this de facto family in the in providence um I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how Rex's character could have been so much more strongly defined by his rejection from society at that age. Like, he doesn't have a family. He Mm. barely has any friends, which is why he, you know, uh, doesn't get social niceties a little bit. Mm -hmm. I would have found it much more interesting if the government just treated him totally offhandedly, like, we're giving you food and board and making sure other people, the normals, don't want to kill you for being a weirdo. And, uh, you know, they just kind of, like, put him in his space, say, you do this for us, or we're going to, you know, uh, molecularize you or something like that. And he just kind of withdraws more and more from this de facto family. I think that would have been cooler to, they, to experiment they kind with. Of, they kind of do that, except his response is, like, no, I'm going to prove myself, you know, prove myself worthy of living here and, and prove that I have a place in society. But they didn't go far enough with it, definitely. I, I would have preferred him to withdraw from the society around him and eventually join Van Kleiss. Ooh. That would have been pretty sweet. But then who would fight against him? Agent Six, man. You yeah. gotta keep up, man. <laughs> every answer, the answer to every question you have is Agent Six. Um, or, you know, uh, Xavier. Whatever. Take your pick. Right. Um, if Xavier was a ninja. Yeah. <laughs> Very yep. nice suit. Yep. Yeah. I uh I, I thought it was sort of interesting how the sentient monstrosities besides Rex uh are not accepted into Providence. Right. They're so like um you mean the people working for Van Kleiss kind yeah, of Yeah, the pack. Uh there's a couple of one offs that just kind of you know, well, they're not those are generally monsters. those are generally more monstrous and but Apparently, I think the main but point not is all the time. from from what I remember from his origin story, the only reason that they actually are okay with Rex is because he is the cure. You know, they had these two options: contain or kill. And then once he came around, they had a, a third option, which was what they were looking for. But before they found out that he had that option, he still looked human. But they were still like, no, all Evos have to die for research. Yeah, they're just using him until they can dispose of him. Yeah, um, you know, uh, an interesting uh, uh, parallel to that, uh, an interesting piece of evidence for that is that uh, one of Six's job functions is to murder Rex if he gets too out of hand. Oh, boy. Yeah, like orders from White Knight. That would have been great if, like... like it's just his handler. To, if he had to do that and then Rex escapes. Oh, my God. To live on the run. Wouldn't that be great? It'd be way better. And you know, right at the lowest point in his in his life, who happens upon him? But uh, hero of the people, Van Kleis. That's right. <laughs> his right honorable Van Kleis. Yeah, and you know, 
luckily, um, Bobo had been planning this the whole time. So he's, uh, you know, Van Clegg's right-hand man. He's like, uh, yeah, I was playing the idiot the whole time. I'm actually a double agent. So I think, the thing, that, I think the thing that we're hitting on is... Th- that this was show, not the show. This show could have gone in a lot of good directions and tried to do all of them and succeeded at none. I, I don't think it even tried to do all of them. I think it was just too conservative to... Like, I'm always going to want a show that does something different, that really pushes the envelope. I always want Kamina to die. I always, you know, I, I want things Spoiler to change. Spoiler alert, Kamina dies. Eh, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I always want things to change from the status quo, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, you've seen so much already. That, yeah, for something we've new. already done this setting. We've already seen the good guy w- with the devil can make hair attitude win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't have minded seeing some political mo- maneuvering to show us, you know, how the players in this world react with this governmental force. And you know, once Rex escapes, maybe they just do- go total. They they totally crack down martial law, the whole shebang, mm-hmm. and then it's a resistance sort of thing. Yeah, but you know, it's just kid with some angst happens to be a superhero. It's yeah. just a little bit more bland than it could have been. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I can't really expect uh, cartoon designers to follow along with my desires for um, these deeper plots. But with, with the idea of it falling a little flatter than normal, I'd like to talk a bit about the audio. Uh, Sure. The audio? Yeah. Um, uh-huh. That's fine. There, there are two main things about the audio that I feel make this show a lot worse than it could be. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one has to be the electric guitar, which yeah. is the only instrument they need. It, it's how you can tell that Rex is all amped up and ready to go. But it's always on. Mm-hmm. Like, even if people are just hanging around at headquarters talking, like, there's electric guitar in the background. It's his theme music. It, it, like, it, <laughs> he's producing it with his body. Like, he's always got, like a, like, a stereo system jutting out of his neck. It's so annoying. <laughs> like... I can't enjoy those highs where he's like succeeding at something because that music's on constantly when well, you he's know, just hanging out. It's it's really helping to cement this show's place at, in the horror genre. What if our greatest hero was uh, was a punk from the nineties? <laughs> you know, the smoker uh, behind the bleachers. What if? <laughs> yeah. As though. <laughs> as if. The- I'm so sure. <laughs> <laughs> Rex is so sure of himself. <laughs> He's got self-esteem. <laughs> Boy, believe in yourself. But the um, other big issue was just the worst dialogue I've ever heard. It's not great. It's so bad. Then let me. There's a couple of lines that I that I please decided I really to write down. That was unexpected. Come on, by now you should expect the unexpected with me. Like, oh, I got shivers, Zane. That's not even a cliche. Because <laughs> cliche lines were at least clever ones. What a what a rebel he is. Or one time when he says, oh, "You just God. drew a line in the sand, bro." No sand present. Sand wasn't related to the situation. Like it wasn't a pun. Uh, that was again a Spider-Man moment. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Fighting Sandman. Pretty not good. <laughs> Oh, I think the best dialogue or the, the the best interactions happen when there's no mission going on. Mm-hmm. Am I am I wrong in that? No, that's that's fair. 
Like I, I like I like whenever the paradigm is basically haphazardly being his uh, his family, you know, his de facto family. Like sometimes the governmental organization which controls Evo will just ground him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're grounded. <laughs> no dessert. Oh man. <laughs> oh jeez. Totally gnarly. This really wanks. <laughs> Swamps. Yeah, it does womp. Um, yeah, so I, I like those moments, but the villain dialogue is, you know, we've we've seen superhero <laughs> villain dialogue before, and this is pretty bad. It's awful. I couldn't, not, I couldn't deal with it. I don't know. I don't know why why it hit me so bad. It's just every time they said something, I thought like that could have been a good line. You just didn't put any effort into it. I feel like Van Kleist has some good lines. Van Kleist is fine because he's driven and, like, there's power behind his words. For some reason, I don't mind the cliché villain as much as I mind the cliché hero. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know why that is. Like, something about a a villainous speech where he's just so full of himself and he's so sure that nothing can go wrong. And he's just like, these are the plans that I've taken. You're you're in the palm of my hand. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because in any given show we generally have, like, one villain and only and like a bunch of different heroes <laughs> usually but maybe uh, i don't or, know or you no, can i go, think that's the opposite you can you can go crazy with villains you know you can have them have different more out there motivations and personalities because you don't see them as often i don't know yeah yeah that's actually the thing you were saying about more heroes than villains i think the opposite is true you kind of have the one hero that you focus on and then a bunch of villains and you can experiment a little bit more right i meant more like um you know, you have Rex, you have Agent Six, you have all these other people that you see again and again, and then Van Clay shows up, and it's like, ooh, refreshing. Yeah, that haughty British accent. <laughs> and that I don't Egyptian. know if it was a function of just which episodes I watched, but it seemed like he's driving pretty much every plot. He is. He, he's kind of the only one who stands a chance against Paradigm. Yeah. Um, which, you know, which is why I was rooting for him every single time. <laughs> <laughs> I really do think he was the good guy. Like, yeah. I think Magneto's the good guy as well. Yeah. Well, he shouldn't have named his team the Brotherhood of Evil, then. Did he really name him that? So, it, it called he called it the Mutant Brotherhood of Evil because they stole the Brotherhood of Evil from, um, Doom, uh, what was it, the Doom Patrol? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, which, yeah. He should have just called it the Mutant Brotherhood. No, he just Much calls it the PR. pack most of the time. Yeah, the pack. Which is a great name. It's not you that, got a I sense mean, of belonging, it, a sense it, of family. It lends itself to uh, Biowolf's fighting style. Biowolf. Biowolf. He looks great. Yeah. Just Scalamander. Biowolf. I didn't realize that the first few times I read it, I'm like, oh, that's a pun of Beowulf. How do I not, how did I not understand that the first time? <laughs> oh my gosh, is it really? How could it not be? <laughs> you didn't realize it either. No, no. And how did neither of us realize that? I don't know. <laughs> pretty sweet i don't know what's happening i'll be real i don't know anything about beowulf i know a bit what do you know about him let's i know jump that into last... beowulf for a second if that's okay <laughs> i know that last week i played a board game based on beowulf the movie and still didn't recognize that beowulf oh. was a pun based on him gross uh no Bio, uh, beowulf he uh, he fought uh grundle and grundle's <laughs> it's not grundle it's grundle uh, grundle sorry the grundlekin yeah. yeah, he fought. He fought. You know, Ickis and Obina <laughs> and the, all the ranks of the Grundle. Yeah, 
No, he, hey, you, you know, know the, the, whole the original brother. hero. The Grumble? Yes. <laughs> the hero we need. The Grumble. The hero we deserve. Um, uh, I, I, I do agree that the pack is a better name than Brotherhood Evil. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe he just has Tourette's. <laughs> just evil Tourette's. Like, because most of the time, he's a very good political, shrewd political leader and uh, a caring guy. And then it's every so often, he'll just be a complete jackass, like, even to his own minions. And I'm just, just Tourette's. Just Talk about Van Kleist again? Huh? Van Kleist has his yeah. evil moments where That's he's, what I'm like, talking about. stringing Rex up on a tree and, like, threatening to pry into his brain or something. No, you know, the, you know, uh, desperate times, right? <laughs> you have to, <laughs> this is how you're going to solve the mutant problem. I don't, I don't think that applies to this. I, I think it does. <laughs> like, when, Zane, we have a, see, we have a, a, a scenario in which you have, uh, you know, nanite infected mutation people growing into gigantic monsters. They're being shot down by the government who is only interested in seizing power for themselves. When is, Desperate times call for desperate measures applicable. Answer me that. Mm, I don't know. His, he seems to take a long... Like, none of his plans are really short-term plans. He's got more long-term plans. Like, he has all the time waiting from Egypt to come up with them. Yeah. Seems like he kind... Like, the fights are on his terms. He has time to plan Oh, and by them. the way, the fact that he went crazy, that was, that was, a, that was an act. <laughs> right. Isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> hey. yeah. I like Van Kleist. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty into villains in general, but I eh, no, I like him in the same way I like Magneto. Team Kleist. Team Kleist. Um I wanted to talk a little bit about the fact that this is every genre. Mm, yeah. Let me describe the first ten minutes into the first episode. Please do. We have a scene where Rex, a cyberhuman, and his pet chimpanzee with an eye patch and a fez get punched into a teleportation hole by some mutants that sends them to a spooky forest. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's like the first ten minutes of the first episode, and it yeah. keeps doing that shit. Yeah, the sh- I, that's why I felt like the show, like... I, I keep trying to think of a better phrase than this, but blew its load too early. <laughs> It it overloaded, I believe, yeah. is the <laughs> cybernetic euphemism. The generator was too strong. The gener- Like, they throw yep. all this stuff at you in the first episode, and then it takes a season to, like, tweeze through it. Which is a shame, because Nanite Explosion, I'm pretty into that. Mm, yeah. I, I think a better story would have been without Rex. No way to cure these nanites. Just random people in the, in, in, in the populace sometimes monsterize, and the only way to deal with them is to kill them. Yeah. So you're constantly yeah, living in this society where you never know whether you or a loved one is going to turn into a monster. Yeah. Start with Agent 6 for like half a season. Introduce Van Kleist <laughs> and have it be like, oh, you know what? It, we're fighting an uphill battle. This guy might have a good idea. And then mm-hmm. like make a deal with him and then have Rex show up and be like, oh shit, we got to backpedal fast. Yeah, and also, he never have Rex show up. Just have Van Kleist try to seize <laughs> power from Six at that point. And then it becomes political mu- maneuvering between the mutants who have more power physically and the humans who are tenuously trying to grasp the power that they once held. You were the chosen one! <laughs> Eat a dick! <laughs> Boy! <laughs> Psych! Psych! Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, uh, the more I think about it, the more I just kind of don't want Rex in this. Yeah, 
like apocalypse scenario, superhero story, teenage angst melodrama, secret government organization, right? You take out teenage angst melodrama and superpower story, you have apocalypse scenario with a government organization. Not too yeah. bad. And a savior with a twisted view of how to fix it. The thing is, uh, well, it, it, this this scenario, this you know, sort of tossed salad of uh, of different genres, it does mean that they don't they're not ever hurting for episode topics. Like, they can true. always they can sometimes have an episode within the internet. It would not be hard to do. Right. Just jump on into the internet or like go to Mars. It'd be pretty easy. Yeah. But it does mean that the show doesn't feel very thematically connected, which is something that always rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, it's missing a bit of cohesion there. Yeah, a little bit. Which is why I felt like some of the some of it was a bit lazy Um, with the dialogue. I got the sense like, yeah, they're not really attempting to make these episodes connect in any meaningful way. No, they're just kind of filling time, giving necessary villain dialogue to get through the rest of the episode. The 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 main plot episode, <sighs> the one that really drives it along, seemed much better thought out. So I, I agree. Sort of, kind of fill, sort of a filler thing. Yeah, that's a shame. They're phoning it in between the major plot arcs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, let's talk about the animation for a bit more, if you don't mind. Sure. So I really like the look of all the evos, like. Of all the things that the show has done so far, it has done nothing very well. This, it does incredibly well. These <laughs> things look awesome. Yeah. Right? It's like a like a corrupted version of Pokemon kind of thing. Oh my god, I didn't think of that, but it's pretty sweet. Like, you know how like there's Like irradiated one... Pokemon? Yeah, you know how there's that one Pokemon with, like, multiple faces? Now every single one has multiple faces kind of thing. <laughs> Just a just a fractal screaming face madness blob. That was actually a <laughs> whenever it's outside for, uh... of its Pokeball, it's just constantly screaming, "Kill me!" <laughs> that was actually something I considered for the intro for this episode. Yeah, to treat them like Pokemon, <laughs> be like we, we we gave up on a cure. We figured out a containment method. <laughs> Grunge face, go! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> attack melted flybot. Yeah, they do. They do look good. Um, the ones that aren't gigantic, destroying the city ones, like uh, like Biowolf and Scout, like they they look like they could <laughs> exist. Biowolf, Biowolf's just the best. Yeah, he kills it every time. <laughs> uh, um, much like Grendel. Yeah, uh, I I agree. There's sort of two classes of Evos. You know, the basic form and the evolved form. And yeah, the. The ba- the basic form are all sort of human sized. Yeah, um, and, and, and they might not be crazy. They might not be crazy or out of control. They might just be mm-hmm. misguided or evil. Not necessarily. Like some of them are still rampagey. Mm-hmm. But I like the idea that maybe the more level headed evos can just maintain their uh, their their psyche after the transformation. Yeah. Um, so there's those ones, and they look like they might exist. And in fact, they sort of resemble a lot of the aliens from Ben Ten. Hmm. Like, Man of Action is very good at making different monster things. Cool. Yeah, every time I saw a monster, I was pretty impressed. Like, there's that tree, there's like that tree man that is split up the middle and filled in by rows of teeth, and it spits acid. Ooh. It's pretty cool. I like that. There's that one girl who basically has, like, predator fangs, and, like, a big vortex opens up in her forehead. 
<laughs> I think she has scythes on her arms. I might be making some of this up, but it's just that's the cool impression that it made on me. Sounds good. And then you've got these like dozens of head monstrosity tusked behemoth, and that looks awesome too. Yeah, it's great <laughs> for a different reason. But like all, all the evos look pretty gross, but mm-hmm. they also look pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. The uh, just the way that they flowed and and moved, and they just felt a bit sleeker. It felt almost like they were drawing on some uh, anime stuff, like uh, you know, big monstrous anime type things. Tentac- Maybe. Throw some tentacles on there. A throw little some bit of kaiju. There. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, um, I think I like them better than Rex's nanite forms. I I enjoyed his his like mech arms and mech legs. Um, Mm-hmm. He, he actually has a, a video game where you can like switch around to his different forms. That's not too bad. You basically stomp around in big robot boots to electric guitar and deliver the most cliched one-liners you've ever heard. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Like it didn't look terrible, but um... <laughs> that's a mark. That's a mark. Of, a <laughs> Nintendo mark of a seal of approval. <laughs> yeah, I I did like when they zoom in on the nanites in the character's blood. Oh yeah, that's pretty awesome. It, it makes it obvious what's going on with without them having to say what's happening, but but then they also narrate what's happening. It's like that uh, that scene in Spider Man where he gets bitten, and you can see like the spider particles breaking off his DNA and being yeah. like, "Fuck you, I'm part of you now." Absolutely. In a way that you know, I believe genetics genetics happens exactly like this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, spiders. Sure. You have spiders yes. in your DNA. Spiders. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not so bad. I like the catapult especially. The, like where he just makes a giant cannon and pulls out some <laughs> pavement and just chucks it at the enemy. Yeah, I like uh, I like that whip thing he gets in season two and the big legs. Those are my favorites. I do like the big stomping boots. <laughs> what if instead of electric guitar, every time those came out, like what if each of his forms had their own theme song and that one was Ooh. these boots are made for walking? That'd be pretty good. Like, uh, like the 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 um the Rocky theme would play whenever he has those big fists out. <laughs> And then oh, the, yeah. the helicopter would be, uh, come fly with me, come fly, no. let's fly away. No, 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 it'd be uh, Paper Planes or Ride <laughs> of the Valkyries. Also Either good. one. Yeah. Oh, and the whip would be Whip It Good. Yeah. <laughs> any any vaguely sexual song from the 70s would work. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm too sexy for my shirt. <laughs> pretty sure that was 80s, but whatever. It's so good. Um, um other things about the animation is yeah they're all that, too sexy uh, for their shirts the, no they're not <laughs> <laughs> um which they they sort of highlight uh every member of the pro protagonist team every member of providence is kind of always in the fight whenever there's a fight scene that features every member of providence each one will be showcased to the point <clears throat> at which i don't really know what's going on anymore in the fight like I, th- I think it just gets a bit too busy at times, um, but that's only when all of Providence shows up. If it's just two people, specifically if it's Rex and Agent Six, it's usually a great fight scene. Like these guys know action. Yeah, you can focus on the two characters that matter, and uh, you know Rex can do some sort of big, you know, robot thing, and then Agent Six can jump off of it and do a spin with his katanas. Like yeah. And they very rarely, like, synergize in that way, although I wish they did. But yeah. it's not bad action. It's varied, and, uh, you know, the, the, there's a couple of nice little details that they do to the fights. Like, the, the camera will rock back and forth during the fight. Like, when someone hits the ground, the camera will sort of shake. Oh, I didn't notice that. 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. Someone hits the, someone like does a tuck and roll thing. The camera shakes a little bit. It's kind of cool. It's neat. Hmm. Um. There. I mean, that being said, they they did get a little bit lazy at times. Like there's yeah. one there's one Doug moment where like he'll just say, "Oh man, look at him kick ass," um, with a bunch of kids watching Rex skateboarding, and it doesn't show him skateboarding. <laughs> Just be like, whoa, just reaction shots. <laughs> just, you know, two boy, one nanite reaction shots, and that's all we get. Yeah. But, uh, you know, beyond that, I think the, the action was pretty good. Yeah, it was made I by man, it, okay. man of, mans of action. Yeah, uh, Ben 10 was also pretty good action, and pretty good monsters, because aliens. Like, animation is kind of really where man of action shines. Right. Um, less good in music and sound. It's just so monotonous. I I do really like Rex's jive slang. <laughs> it, it, like he's he's a real jive cat, you know. Like yeah. he, he doesn't know what slang is, so sometimes he'll call things aggro. Just be like he'll he's going totally aggro. Like what a space case or something like that. <laughs> um, the first episode, he says to the big Evo, he just says like, "All right, big guy, thrill me." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What what Spanish soap opera did you learn that from, friend? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't huge on his dialogue. Anytime well, he said just pretty much anything, fit the idea that he's uh, alienated from his own age group. Yeah, know? like he he thinks that you're supposed to deliver quips when you hit something, and like you say "pow." Yeah. Like he read a Spider-Man comic after he like watched from a He-Man Amnesia, episode, and and then he was just like, "Oh, that's my personality." Sweet. Yeah. Uh, you're you're going to get uh you're going to be sorry you did that villain <laughs> yeah that a lot yeah uh, you you don't like his jive slang though uh i either didn't pick up on it much or just noticed it when i felt like there could have been better one-liners i gotta tell you i'm always a fan when any underrepresented slang finds it ways into finds its way into a show <laughs> you know yeah i suppose i don't know i thought i'd get tired of by seeing it, of seeing it by now, but I, I frankly just have not. Um, you mentioned that the the music was a little bit lazy in that. It, I mean, it does it is consistent with uh, with Rex, with his personality. Like it would all be like surf rock and electric guitars and shit like that, and you know, yeah. flogging Molly. Which but, again, uh, I I think if Rex were less of a character, we could have in, enjoyed some late motifs from other characters. But it really just focuses on him, and he is not the most interesting character. No, he's probably the least interesting character. Eh, you know what? That's that's, un- that's ungenerous. Um, yeah, Bobo's definitely less interesting. But he, he's he's one of the more interesting characters. But, you know, they just don't focus on his interesting parts. They focus on his rebel without a cause superhero parts. Right, right. One thing I wanted to say about the sound effects is that mm-hmm. I counted the Wilhelm scream no less than three times. Ah! Nice. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, that that's always going to stand out to me. And there's some... Like, there's some formula where, like, if you pass a certain threshold, your animators or your sound effect designers are lazy. <laughs> yeah, just scream into the mic three times; it'll work. I can do that. Um, yeah, but that's all I had to say about the the music. I I really would have enjoyed him having a different musical theme for each of his forms, but it did not yeah. happen. Yeah. Anything else? Um, I don't think I do. I don't think I have anything else. No, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I think we've covered what needed to be 
covered. There's not a whole lot to this show that you can't get in a few episodes, except for some of the overarching plot. But I think it's actually easier to understand if you just like read a summary. Mm-hmm. Or just watch X-Men. Right. Same basic idea. Except, <laughs> yeah, except if only there was better. one X-Men. <laughs> yeah, and they locked Cyclops in the closet. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think in general we should try to do shows that are a little bit before this, but I'm I'm sort of interested in this, you know, superhero, super-powered teen fantasy sort of deal, so uh, it's yeah. it, it it had its place. I would agree. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Ben 10 when I watched it. It wasn't bad. So, wasn't great, um, but wasn't what bad. show from before this vintage, well, what were you looking at? Were you thinking for next time? <laughs> well, as you know, we're going to go back into Looney Tunes era. To, and it's really funny because I find that most of the modern cartoons sort of pale in comparison to some of these older ones. So yeah. we'll see how Tasmania treats us when we go to Australia to to visit him. And I, I'm not going to lie, I've watched the theme song a bunch. Yeah. Yes, you have. But I haven't watched any episodes uh, yet. <laughs> yes. Have we left anyone else out? Um, oh. Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> yep. Okay, so, uh, and then after that, I believe we are due for another anime? Yes. Um, so normally we, we pick sort of a different genre of anime each time. Right. Um, and We have represented so far, just to bring the listener up to speed, we've done Hamtaro for, you know, sort of light novel for kids sort of deal, and then we've done Big O for the robot genre. Right. And uh, I'm looking into what's called Sinan, which is the more, uh, it's it's meant for a more mature audience. Sinan? Um, Sinan, S-E-I-N-E-N. C-I-N-E... Oh, jeez, I think I know what this is. So No, this, so this is for a more uh, mature audience. It's not like pandering to the young teens with, you know, breasticles and whatever. Um, <laughs> that is what they are. So we are going to be checking out, and this is one of my favorite animes, uh, Case Closed. <gasps> oh my god, I forgot about that. Also known as uh, Detective Conan. Yeah, oh, I, I love this show. It's yeah. great. Sherlock Holmes. I, it's one of the longest running animes. But and he's even a dipshit though, kid. <laughs> even though each episode is like, you know, 50 minutes long, I've watched at least 60 episodes of it. Are you serious? Um, pretty much the first two seasons entirely. It's just, um, you know, it's a really good adult detective story, and, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I remember talking about this show to my friends in uh, in high school at one time. Did and... you watch it? I don't remember if you had, if you had seen it. I'd seen a couple episodes. Um, I think it was around that time that I was just kind of, I don't know. Um, I, I didn't see a lot of it on TV, which is where I kind of got my cartoons. Of that it was era. it was in the late block of Adult Swim. Yeah, yeah, and so I saw it occasionally, but you know, not too often. But when I did see it, I I, I remember liking it. Well, I think it will sate your desire for uh, dark storylines. <laughs> yeah, I just murder every time within just five mur- minutes yeah, to a little kid. Watch a guy struggling with a knife in his lungs for 15 minutes to set up a, an elaborate, you know, yeah. death well, explanation. Yeah, little kids watch <laughs> yeah. and have their innocence stripped away again and again. <laughs> I it's guess like we're gonna chocolate have to for my it. soul, Zane. <laughs> oh boy, I'm excited. I love subverting the children. <laughs> that is our yeah. tagline. Yep. Cool. Right. Yeah. So, um... Thank you for meeting me, Zane. Until next time, check um, out uh, check out our Facebook page. Oh, Leave yes. us a like and or a review on the old iTunes. Yes, I, I I find that when people do 
take the time to listen to this. They're generally fans. So if you do happen to and you think it's good, please let us know because we'd love to hear from you. Yes. Yes. So much. <laughs> oh, so much. <laughs> uh, the angst, it's coming back. Uh, gnarly. <laughs> yes. Uh, sick beefs are whack. Yeah, so until next time, go listen to uh, some rad guitar solos and just leave them on all day. Yeah, just leave them on while you sleep. Put those earphones over your belly and hopefully your uh, your child will grow up to have man heights. Shit.